Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, it is I, Brent Young, on a beautiful Monday night. It's June 20th. The days are trickling along. Summer is here upon us. And that means it's also Monday night, which means I'm joined by uh, my two good pals, my two two good friends, two good good partners in crimes when it comes to Bearcat sports. That would be Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Oh. Only one of us this week, Brent. Whoa, whoa! Chad, Chad took his talents out west. Chad took his talents out west. But Aaron, how are we? We gotta, we gotta ask you first. How are we? I'm doing all right. Got some stuff done. Cleaned out a garage today, and got some stuff done in the yard and what have you. So, uh, nice productive day. Wow, proud of you, proud of you. Well, Chad did take his talents out to the west coast. He is on the uh, week, much deserved vacation, if you will. But I wouldn't be half surprised if he bops in here at some point throughout the night. But uh, in his place, I tell you what, a, a special, special guest on this here Danco Transmission Bearcat Bounce podcast, joined by none other than Andre Morgan, assistant basketball coach for your Cincinnati Bearcats. Coach Morgan, how are we? Uh, I'm great, man. That was a fantastic intro, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, I was going to dive even further. I was going to go, you know, deep into the heart of like Buford High School's finest, the the, the pride uh, of Kennesaw State, North Georgia College. <laughs> I was going to going to really dive deep, but I mean, we're going to save that for the pod itself. But you know, okay. welcome on, welcome on, Coach. We're excited to have. I appreciate you, you guys having me. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, first off, of course, also got to mention Happy Father's Day to you, Coach. Happy mm-hmm. Father's Day to Chad. All the fathers out there, Aaron. Coming up real soon. Yeah, Our, next next month. Next month, weeks away. Aaron getting ready to have his first kid. And you know what? I, I am a childless, but uh, happy Father's Day to you guys. Did you, did you get anything to, at all yesterday, Coach? I know it's busy for you guys right now, but uh, were you able to spend Sunday with the kids? Uh, actually, no. We were uh, on the road recruiting. But uh, as my wife knows and my kids will loom, you know soon learn, um, you know, that's what I do, man. It, it, it was a great Father's Day. You know, it was cool, man. Spending in the gym, nothing I would want to do more. There we go. I, for what it's worth, I, I had to FaceTime my dad, too. He lives down in Florida, so uh, yeah. it, it is what it is. But, Aaron, excited to hear as the uh, children get ready to come up. But but speaking of childhood, let's let's dive in. Let's, let's go straight from the beginning with Coach Morgan. Uh, you know, if you do your homework a little bit, you'll – You'll find out that Coach was was born in Chicago, spent some time in Texas, moved to Georgia, I believe, in the eighth grade. That's but pretty good. through all of that, you'll come out and you'll say that you called Georgia home, I believe, Atlanta in particular, Buford High School, the all-time leading scorer of Buford High School. I don't know if that still stands or if some uh, some other beast came up and took over. But I, Atlanta Celtics, we're talking Dwight Howard, we're talking Josh Smith. Yeah, Morris, you know, the, the list goes on and on. But now you're starting to see a little bit of infiltration of the Georgia feel to the basketball program. Coach, when did you decide or when did you start to feel in your childhood that, hey, Georgia could be a hotbed and something that I want to keep a, a lifelong connection with? Well, uh, first off, I'll say this. That's unbelievable research. That's <laughs> really, I mean, that's big time impressive. Um, <laughs> so I got to start off by saying that. But uh, 20.3 points, 10.1 rebounds. 
State semifinals, 23 and 8 record. That's the easy thing to find. But yeah, uh, that's pretty good. That is pretty that's good. <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, to answer your question, um, when I was in high school, um, I wasn't familiar prior to entering high school how good Georgia basketball was, kind of coming from Texas to Georgia. Texas had a ton of players at the time. And then I come to Georgia and it was, you know, arguably, I guess maybe the the beginning of a, of a great era of Georgia basketball, um, not to kind of knock the guys prior, um, but it was, you know, receiving more notoriety um, nationally with, you know, like you just mentioned, the Dwight Howards. Um, he was a guy who played on the older AAU team uh, of the Atlanta Celtics. And, uh, you know, Josh Smith, Randolph Morris, that was considered, you know, at the time to be, I guess, uh, the best AU team maybe ever. And um, then in my class, we had guys like Lewis Williams. Um, he was a phenom. Um, and the list goes on and on from Jody Meeks to Ghani Wall. There, there's a ton of names of guys who had kind of come came up during that time. And so um, I guess that kind of sparked my interest in, you know, following Georgia basketball. And, you know, it's been pretty good to me throughout my career. So. Was was Lou checking out uh, Magic City at that point, or <laughs> I don't know much about that place. So I <laughs> diving, diving right into it from the get go. Huh? <laughs> chicken wings is all we're gonna say on that. Chicken one. wings, I, I hear they're great, man. I hear they're great. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say no comment. <laughs> Neither confirm nor deny. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> but you did end up going to uh, Kennesaw State out of out of high school. Uh, yeah. It, I don't know if you knew, but you were, as a sophomore, 19th in the country in steal percentage, according to Ken Palm. Uh, congratulations. That's a, that's a pretty high <laughs> high quality right there. And then you did decide to transfer uh, North Georgia. Yes. Um, kind of, you don't have to talk about the, the inner things that went into that, but having that ability to know what it's like to transfer from, from one school to the other, kind of like what Wes Miller also has at his disposal as well. How have you seen just the ability to adapt to two different teams and go from one team to the next. How has that translated now with this new landscape of, of college sports of, uh, you know, the transfer portal and things of that sort? Yeah, I, I guess I was kind of, I guess, ahead of the time a little bit you in, were. in being a college transfer. Um, but I had great experiences at both schools. And so I played for two great head coaches. Um, one passed away, Coach Tony Engel, but he was a mentor of mine. Chris Faulkner, he was a mentor of mine as well. Um, and so I, I guess it allows me to kind of give, you know, perspective to kids in terms of what they're feeling, what they're kind of going through in terms of the process of, of going through that, because it is different the second time around. It goes a lot faster. Um, it's a lot more intense. And so I, I, I like to think that it's helped me. Um, kind of be ready for the transfer market a little bit. So I do use it with families for sure. Fair enough. Now from there you went from, you transitioned from player to coach as you entered into the coaching regime at Young Harris College under Pete Herman. Now what made that decision easy for you or was it even an easy decision to go from player to coach at that point in your life? No, well, well coaching is something I wanted to do since I was probably, you know, four or five years old. I thought I was a coach, you know, when I was, you know, witnessing my dad be a college basketball coach. I was trying to coach his players at the age of like five and six, four or five. And so I, I've always had a passion for it. And so uh, after completing my, my playing career, um, a few smaller opportunities kind of presented itself for me to go play overseas. 
Um, but I, you know, the itch to, you know, the start, you know, in the profession and, and kind of dive in head first was too much to kind of pass up on. So I went ahead and, and took the dive and, and here we are today. Well, talk a little bit. Well, well, first off, one last question on your, on your playing career. Did, did you have a bit of an identity crisis on the court? Cause you'd go out and score 35 and 28, but yet still be like 19th in the country and, and still percentage. <laughs> Were you trying to do, you know, all of it at once or who was Andre Morgan, the player? Andre Morgan, the player was, uh, I like, I I take a lot of pride in trying to be, you know, I I like our guys to be tough. And I thought that I was, you know, had a little bit of toughness as a basketball player, but I played with great players. They made me look good. They put me in situations to be successful. And so I, you know, scoring X amount of points, you know, running around with my head cut off, trying to steal the ball all the time. You know, I, I just played with, with good guys who, who put me in good situations. 35 and then followed up with 28 the next game. I I, I mean, coach, that's, that's a lot of points right there as a as a true freshman. That's yeah. Yeah. My feet, my teammates were great. They didn't they didn't tell me stupid freshmen pass the ball that, okay. you, know, <laughs> you know, so I kept shooting it. So it was it was a cool experience. That works out. That works out. Um, hey, hey, Brent. All right, all right. You're, yeah. hey, you're, you're all over it, man, by the way. <laughs> hey, hey, I want you to make sure you tell our staff that because there's like a running joke between our staff. You know, I oh, could sure there play. is. You know, Coach Roberts will laugh. Coach Dollar will laugh. So I want when you see them, I want you to, you know, repeat those stats. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we hear what? That, that Stowe goes out there and he's still looking like he can play. And yep. Thielen just looks like he looks, you know, so <laughs> – We'll, we'll give him that side, but it, aside from that, and then Demar is just Demar, so no doubt, coach. No doubt. And no and doubt. I heard also Wes said he could make like fifty straight or like only miss two or three shots from the top of the key if he shot fifty threes in a row. I, I was like, all right. So I mean, a lot of a lot of high loft lofty goals out of this uh, these uh, former players now coaches. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll be happy to spill the, uh, the stats on everyone. But no worries, no worries. Let's. Well, let's get back into the coaching side, though. Uh, you know, Pete Herman is is uh, is a coach that that Aaron just mentioned. Uh, what an elite eight, and then Coach David Robinson as well. And uh, you know, of course, just just the what he had to, to instill in you, and then you know Jared Haas as well as another coach who's now you know you're with him at UAB. He's now at Stanford. Just kind of all these different coaches that you were able to kind of take different things from here and there. What has that really brought to you as far as now now this step of your, I'd say probably the, the biggest step of your career right now as an assistant with Cincy? Sure. I, I mean, I, I'll start it with Pete. You know, that was the guy who gave me my, my first opportunity, Pete Herman. And uh, he, he was, you know, he's, he's a coaching legend. You kind of hit on it. He coached David Robinson at Navy. And uh, he had a long long career as a, a high level assistant basketball coach in division one basketball. Um, but he was, I mean, he's, I think when I started working for him, he was about 64 years old and uh, I could not believe the amount of energy he had for just doing every part of the job. The dude worked relentlessly um, every single day um, to build that program. And so um, I think one of the things I probably took from him the most was probably hard work. You know, he, he taught me what it really meant to, to be a hardworking assistant. You know, we, we didn't rest a lot. Um, I was okay with that. Um, I enjoy when it's hard. And so um, we, we had hard times, but we it also led to really good times, you know, kind of on the court. And so, uh, 
you know, Jared has, he's, you know, an unbelievable human being, uh, a great basketball coach, but, you know, in terms of being a, a, a dad, you know, as well as basketball coach, understanding the balance uh, between the two, I don't, I don't know if I've had a better example. Um, not to say those other guys didn't provide good examples, but he was so, he was so elite at, at treating people the right way, being able to, you know, again, kind of balance the work between being a college basketball head coach and also having a family that he cared about dearly. And so uh, that's kind of something I've, I've taken with me. And, um, you know, I worked for other guys along the way, Happy Osborne. He's got a, he's actually from, you know, across the river in Kentucky and uh, he had an unbelievable winning percentage and he was a relentless recruiter. Um, he kind of, you know, was one of the guys on the cutting edge of, you know, recruiting transfers just at a lower level. Um, he was kind of known for that. And so learned a lot from him. Chuck Terzell, unbelievable basketball coach, the most organized person I've ever been around. Um, Nick McDevitt, another really bright, bright basketball mind who, you know, kind of had me look at, you know, the basketball piece from a different lens, kind of being with him after working with Coach Miller the first time. And then, and now I'm with Coach Miller and, you know, kind of what I would say to, you know, anybody who's watching and I tell everybody this, um, he's insanely impressive. You know, he's like, I can't tell like people enough. Like I worked with Coach Miller for two years at, you know, UNC Greensboro and we had a ton of success together. And I thought he got better every single day. It was really, really impressive. Um, and he challenged everybody around him to get better, like every single day. It's, he's insane about it. Um, and then I leave him for three years, and then I come back, and I'm like, man, I can't wait to work with him again because I want him to see how much better I've gotten. And then, like, I was blown away at how much better he had gotten in, in you know, those short three years. Right. And so, like, he's in he, – again, I don't know another word for it. He's just insane about the work, the preparation, the, the growth – um, you know, that a basketball player experiences as well as his staff, his coaches and support staff as well. Well, so you kind of got to my next question, which was going to be transitioning into your first stint with Coach Miller. And you were with him at UNCG for two years, as you said, from 16 to 18. And he at that point was about halfway through his UNCG stint. Yeah. So 52 and 18 during your time there, yep. which is rather impressive. But what was he really like during that stage? He wasn't in the beginning stage. He wasn't in his end game at UNCG. And you've already talked about how he's improved vastly. But what was what was it kind of like in the day in, day out there with him at that point in time, kind of compared to what it is now? Uh, what was he like on a day-to-day? Um, <laughs> you know, if you know Coach Miller well, he's always trying to find, you know, ways to – you know, again, improve, continue to grow. And so he was trying to do that at a crazy rate. You know, he was working on himself as a basketball. He was reading a ton of books. He was recruiting at an insane, you know, rate. He was watching every single minute of every single practice. And I was thinking, man, how, how does this dude do all this? Um, and then now I come back with him and he he's put even more on top of it in terms of pouring into the Cincinnati community. Um, pouring into our guys, our new guys on the roster. He spends an insane amount of time with them, whether it be watching film, um, spending time with them, just hanging out, you know, off the court. Um, and so, you know, you, you talk about growth, like he's the example of like, you can't grow enough, you know, no matter how good you get, you know, no matter what job, what, what your title or status is, 
you know, he, he doesn't put a, a cap on his growth as a person, as a basketball coach. And so, um, you know, to kind of see that after working with him the first time was cool. Um, and and a, a lot of people don't know this. Um, there, there was a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, struggle, you know, when I kind of, you know, started to work with him the first time we were coming off, uh, you know, a couple of years where he didn't have success. And so, um, you know, again, I, I wasn't with him these years prior when he didn't have set success at UNC Greensboro, but I can imagine kind of where he started at and how he worked to grow every single day and, you know, the impact that that had on them being successful, successful, you know, at the time, sorry, my phone keeps ringing. <laughs> it's recruiting time. We get it. <laughs> you know, and so I say all that to kind of, you know, talk about, uh, you know, us as a team and, you know, his, you know, like his, you know, he's, he's crazy about, you know, making this team grow, making sure that we continue to get just a little bit better every single day. And I'm, I'm hopeful that the fans see that on the court this season. Well, it obviously created a, a bond strong enough to where Wes was able to get the Cincinnati job. Uh, yeah. Then how did that kind of kind of break down how it kind of worked out for then all of a sudden you're receiving a phone call like, I don't know if it was kind of right away or how, how it kind of funneled back into that, because obviously you built a connection at UNCG with not only Wes, but Mike Roberts, you know, Crystal Poor, a bunch of other uh, connections out there. How did it kind of come to fruition again that you guys were going to reunite at Cincinnati? You know, it, it was, uh, it, it was kind of out of the blue. Like we'd stay in touch, you know, when we could, he would be busy with his season. I'd be busy with my season. Um, and we were trying to build our roster at that point. Um, but he, he randomly called me one day and was like, hey, um, there's a good chance I'm going to go to the University of Cincinnati. And, I, and before he could finish, I was like, I'm coming with you. <laughs> like, you know, just I, I loved working with him the first time. There wasn't a day where, you know, he didn't challenge me and I didn't enjoy it. And so to work with him again was a, you know, a complete no brainer. You know, it, it wasn't a hard decision at all for me or my family. Talk about the connection as well with with Mike Roberts and, and Chris Lepore. You, you know, I, obviously, uh, Justin Williams had a really good article when you guys when when the staff all came together. Yeah, uh, good good friend of the show and a BCJ, so we can we can talk about Justin and, and the athletic all we want here. But uh, a really good article, kind of just about you know the funny stories that you guys have all created and, and the bond that you have together. Uh, maybe spill another funny story on top of us that you can say if you if you may, and then aside from that, kind of just what that what that bond does not only off the court but also on the court. Yeah, well, I don't want to say the story because my wife gets mad at me every time every time I say it, but I'll kind of touch on it a little bit to kind of <laughs> talk about the bond. But um, so I'm, you know, our staff is unbelievable. We're we're extremely close. Um, I've got Mike Roberts back. He's got mine. I got Chris's back. He's got mine. And, you know, it works, you know, all the way around. Um, and uh, Mike had my back pretty, pretty big time. One time um, I was going to a big event, my, my, my wedding. Oh. And uh, I forgot, uh, you know, my, my tux, right. you know, I had a lot going on, a lot of recruiting stuff on my mind <laughs> so it's a pretty yeah. important piece <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot my my tux and I call you know right away I didn't think to call my you know my family I, I called Mike Roberts I was like yo Mike hey man I, you know I tried to like whisper it I forgot my tux and he was like I'm on it <laughs> and so he went on like this crazy mission of trying to break into my apartment he gets the police involved 
long story <laughs> short, he figures out like this is if you know Mike Roberts, you, like you'll understand like he, he's the master at figuring stuff out. So he figures it out like he's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in your apartment. I'm gonna drive down there a couple hours before I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you that tux. He he, he obviously did it um, and uh, didn't make me look like a complete ass, you know, <laughs> at my own wedding. But uh, yeah, he, that's just like an example of how like he's had my back. I I can give you. <laughs> a thousand more you know on a day-to-day you know um from a friend standpoint from a professional standpoint and uh the same with chris Lepore. i mean those guys like i i didn't work with them for three years um in our first day back in the office it felt like i hadn't really you know been without them long and so it was a really cool feeling it allowed us to kind of hit the ground running and uh you know get some stuff done right away so let's let's go ahead and dive in. You're 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 in Cincinnati, and uh, you know one thing. I'm gonna I'm just gonna read to you. I don't know if you've if you've read this actually or not, but uh, Coach Coach uh, Wes and and it might it might have been just some some coach speak, if you will, because I'm, I don't know if he'd say this to your face, but he called you a rising star in the business, outstanding coach, connector, and recruiter, high character addition to our staff, deeply values the development of our players. And uh, and then he welcomed you and your family to uh, the Cincinnati family. So obviously some some high level words right there. But uh, one one word that sticks out to me is is that word recruiter. And you kind of touched on it as well with with your past coaches that have kind of you know showed you different ways to approach that. So a two part question: You go to Cincinnati now, and, and and that takes a step up as far as just tradition and the ability to kind of you know have players. And coaches and, and everyone kind of know the brand, know the CPAW, know the brand of Cincinnati. What did that kind of do to change your recruiting? And then, of course, what is recruiting like right now in the current landscape of, of you know, it, and you don't have to dive too far into this if you don't want to, of, of the transfer portal and of the NIL and different things of that sort? Yeah, well, I, I guess the first part of your question, I'll answer it. Uh, you know, uh, the University of Cincinnati, I mean, when I thought about dream jobs, I had, you know, a list of schools that I thought I would love to work at. And when I got here to Cincinnati, it far exceeded everything I thought my dream job had. And so it blew me away from day one. Um, the history, um, the fan support, um, the the community's love for just Cincinnati, all the above, <laughs> you know, everything about this place was just unbelievable. And that was from day one. And so, uh, you know, with that, you know, I, I like a big challenge. You know, I, I, I try to pursue every challenge possible, um, you know, and, and so that I thought provided, a, you know, the biggest challenge that I had had in my career. So I was really, really excited about that um, and kind of I guess I'll uh, segue that into, you know, today's landscape, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, like I, I tell parents you know, really anybody, you know, prospects, anybody who will listen, you know, recruiting makes no sense. You know, you just, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like a wild circus. It really is, right. but I, I love it. You know, I, I embrace the circus. Like, you know, I, I got like a running joke with uh, one of our support staff members. I'm like, man, I, I like, I love a roller coaster and recruiting is like the ultimate, ultimate roller coaster. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I love the ups and downs. I love the, not knowing. I love the strategy of it, trying to figure it out. And uh, here at Cincinnati, you know, I, 
I feel like we can pursue and recruit, you know, the best players in America. And so we're actively trying to do that. Um, you know, we, we've uh, got challenges like everybody does as, you know, we enter this new world of NIL. Um, but uh, Coach Miller's been unbelievable in terms of being open-minded and aggressive um, to make sure we're the most competitive team in America and better than, than most, honestly, um, in terms of what we can offer and, you know, uh, you know, what our opportunity presents. Now you bring up recruiting best players in America. And one guy that we haven't talked about on the staff is Chad Dollar, who recruited Anthony Edwards to Georgia. So what have you learned from Chad Dollar working with him as closely as you are? The, the there's There's not a list I can even put together. I mean, like every single day I take something from him. Like he's been unbelievable for me in terms of my growth. Um, you know, he, he makes me feel pretty dumb sometimes in terms of <laughs> I didn't think about. Uh, but he's, you know, he's the best in the country. Like, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody better in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, he's creative. He's ultra aggressive. <laughs> you know, he's he's a bulldog, you know, and, uh, you know, in a good way. And, uh, sure. you know, he's really, really savvy in terms of how he approaches each situation differently. Um, and, and he's also really incorporated, you know, how we can use our entire staff to help us recruit players. And so um, for me, I, I can't it's it's invaluable, you know, for mm -hmm. me and where I'm at in my career to be able to work with somebody like him and pick his brain every single day, uh, whether it be about recruiting, about basketball, about, you know, life, being a being a father, being a husband. He's incredible. I, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Bulldog, Georgia. I see what you did there. Yeah, I try, I try to come up off with a bulldog. <laughs> uh, so you get to Cincinnati, and the roster's in full under construction mode. So that's got to be unlike anything that you've ever had to deal with, a challenge unlike anything that you've had in your past. So take us through what those that first month of being a coach at Cincinnati was like as you're scrambling to try and put a team together late in the cycle yeah. with a roster of who knows? Well, it was insane. <laughs> that, that, that's what it was. But, it, you know, it, it was a big challenge. And Coach Miller said it from day one. He was like, we got a lot of work to do. We don't, we don't have a lot of guys on the roster. And I was like, boom, I, I love a big challenge. Let's do it. You know, so we like and obviously, you know, follow the, the lead of the boss, the CEO, the head coach. And so the head coach was like, I'm, I'm jumping right in. He, he went to work right away. The dude, like, he offers me the job, and then he's, like, in, in Washington recruiting somebody. He's in Indiana recruiting somebody. I was like, you know, the dude doesn't sleep. You know, he, he was all in, which, you know, the excitement and the the, the wanting to kind of tackle the challenge made me be all in, you know, even before I even kind of arrived at campus. Um, and so that was uh, – it was an interesting time, but um, – you know, Coach Miller just led us through it, honestly. And we were kind of come out, you know, in a pretty good spot, I felt like, after after that first summer. So what were your thoughts then on the team that you were able to put together and how that first season went? Yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, it was a really, it was a challenging time because, you know, we had, we had good pieces. You know, a lot of those guys are obviously still on the team. And so um, we, we just didn't know, you know, those guys and, you know, we're trying to figure out on the fly, you know, what they did and how they could impact winning as well as bringing new guys who could impact winning and fit with those current pieces. And, 
you know, um, it's one thing to watch a guy on tape, you know, we try to watch as much tape as possible, but, you know, kind of getting on the, on the ground level with those guys and really learning, you know, how they could be successful, what situations we need to put them in and what we need to put around them. It it was like a, an ever changing puzzle, Um, you know, and, and coach Miller again, did a great job. And, uh, you know, we, we hit a tough spot at the end of the year, unfortunately. Uh, but I felt like that team did a did a great job under coach's direction. And uh, obviously that was the foundation for what we're, we're doing moving forward. And so um, I'm excited about the future. I'm, I'm going to go a little crazy with this question. But, you know, you you got you mentioned roller coaster earlier. You know, yeah. roller coasters got, you know, loops. They've got the hills, little peaks, little valleys. Oh, yeah. Do you do you take a but when you finish the roller coaster you get off and you and you think about the whole thing you don't think about you know oh that very ending was a little crazy or you know the the the, the beginning was a crazy drop but no you you, you think about the whole thing as a whole so is is that kind of how you guys were able to dissect the season looking back on it kind of you know hey we we did go to Kansas City and we played against the the top teams you know top talent in the country and we we more than held our own we we beat Illinois you know we challenged these teams all throughout the season. We had big wins as well. We were able to to bounce back on this roller coaster when things were yeah. down a little bit. Is it kind of a grand picture sort of view when you guys sit down and take a look back? Yeah, you know, you, you know, I, I think we we learned a lot about our, our team, about us as coaches in terms of where we could all grow, you know, together. And, uh, you know, we had success that you kind of hit on, especially in Kansas City. That was a phenomenal win. You know, we had some failures. Well, we had some some tough times, and uh, you know that, that that coaster, you know, got a little you know rocky. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but you know, we, we learned a lot about our team, about what we needed, you know, how we could improve, you know, kind of moving forward. Um, and you know, again, that foundation was built not on the good times, but those tough times. And uh, you know, I think uh, moving forward, you'll see a different product in terms of how we approach those tough moments and we continue to build, you know, kind of moving forward a little bit. So let's talk about the new product that is this year's version of your Cincinnati Bearcats. And you've added a lot of pieces. There's been a lot of transition here, even without a coaching change and all of that. And let's, I mean, easiest place to start would be with the new freshman that you've added. Um, The most hyped freshman is probably Daniel Skillings. And that may be because people aren't hearing enough about Josh Reed yet. But what can you tell us right now about what you've seen thus far in the what five days or so that you've had of Daniel Skillings here in Cincinnati? Well, I like I like to talk about them as a group because I I think they're, you know, (laughs) you know, individually, everybody can be talked about in different ways. But as a group, I think they all have potential and, and their ceilings are so high from Sage to, to Josh to Dan. I think they all offer different things on the court and they all in a way kind of complement each other on the court as well. And the really cool part is they're all really close off the court. You know, there's not, I don't know how many meals they've had together. They've been together now right out a week, but it seems like they're always together, which is really, really cool. Um, especially for those incoming freshmen as they get acclimated and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, I think they, uh, you know, they they haven't gone through a college practice yet. They're, they're, you know, they're learning how to go to class and then go to a workout and then go to weights. And then, you know, they're still learning, um, but they're a joy to be around. They're all really good people, you know, off the court, 
they're a joy to coach, you know, on the court. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll experience some, some ups and downs, their own, their own kind of roller coaster a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the futures, all three of them. Well, coach, you gotta you gotta give us a little bit more. The the, the people want to know out on the recruiting trail. You know, what did you see in a young Dan Skellings? What what did Josh Reed do? Did did Sage Tolentino show up on campus a little bit bulkier than you imagined? Like, give us give us a little nitty gritty. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll, okay, all right, all right. You know, I'll start with Sage um, because uh, he's a know. man now, right? He, he he is. A, oh, I'm not gonna give him that yet. He, he's a young man. He's, still well, he's, got, got, a, he's got facial hair now. He yeah, he's got a lot of room for improvement, but um, I'm excited about him because he's grown so much in already a really short amount of time. I mean, um, kind of when when you watched him in high school, you could see glimpses here and there, and then once he got you know on campus, it was like, oh wow. Like he's learning at a rapid rate, his body's changing. And so like, he's really, really exciting to me. His size is really, really impactful on the court. Um, he's just got to continue to learn to be in the right situations and, and places, you know, as a player kind of moving forward. But, uh, you know, that, that's been, I guess, the positive with him. Um, with Dan Skillings, he just got here. And so he's still, he's still messing stuff up on the court, but he has, you know, flashes of being, you know, special. Um, you know, he's, He's dynamic with his length, um, with his ability, with his with his skill, athleticism. Um, he, he's something that we we have not had, you know, kind of here uh, on the wing outside of John Newman, and so that's been great. And uh, you know, Josh Reed has been. I actually called his high school coach the other day, and I was like blown away at just you know how he's been able to blend himself into a college practice already and actually stand out, which, which sounds simple, but, you know, I, I remember as a freshman, your, your head's kind of spinning. He, like, he has enough, like, he's almost like a veteran already in terms of how he just blends, you know, he, he's able to, you know, be on the court and make his presence felt with veterans. And also he picks and chooses his spots where he can stand out a little bit. So those guys, all three of them, they're, they're they have so, such a bright future ahead and, you know, really excited to have them. Well, I mean, yeah, when you're dropping 35 points and then following it up with 28, sure. As a true freshman, your head's kind of spinning, right, Coach? Yeah. I had good teammates. That's what it was. There we go. There we go. There we go. But let's 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 talk about the uh, transfers that, that have been brought in. First off, I want to talk about Kalu Azikbe, and yeah. I hope I'm saying it right. But, man, uh, if if we were able to to play that, the little highlight that he had from this uh, past weekend at the Smith League where he – you know, a little little crossover, and, and number four in the video was playing great lockdown defense on the perimeter as well. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, anyways, he he rose up, he dunked, he's knocking down threes, he's he's yeah. showing some skill out there. Big man with with the ability that he's shown, something that obviously you can do a lot with. Uh, kind of how did that relationship build? I know you guys had a connection at UNCG. I don't know if that was while you were there as well, or if maybe you were trying to get him to to Mid Tennessee State as well, but. It kind of just Kalu himself, and then we're going to touch on Landers and and, and Rob after that. Yeah, um, Kalu, our, our staff was recruiting him really, really heavy. He was, you know, our our top recruit. You know, when I was at UNC Greensboro, and you know, he 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 broke our hearts, and he went to another school, went to Old Dominion, where he had a great career, played for a great staff, um, and so uh, you know, with the COVID year being presented to these guys who 
finished four years of college with him entering the transfer portal. He made a lot of sense from a standpoint of we wanted to be more versatile. Um, he has toughness. He's got the ability to rebound, defend the way we want to defend. Um, and he's the type of guy that we want, you know, off the court as well. And so all those things kind of fit together, you know, for it to be a really good fit. And, you know, he loves Coach Miller. Coach Miller loves him. Um, you know, I think he he's like a, a, a perfect, perfect fit, you know, when it comes to blending with our other guys. And, uh, you know, he's a guy I'm excited to see, you know, you know, on that court in the fifth, third arena. Like, you know, I, I, I keep telling him, man, like, like, you don't understand, like, our fans are wild, like, in, in a good way. And so he, he's crazy excited right now. And hopefully all the defense on him on the perimeter is what number four did in that little highlight package. I don't know if you saw it. but Yeah, man. you know what? I, I did see it, and I didn't even mention it to him. There wasn't a whole lot of defense. That's why. That's like, <laughs> don't get it. To, yeah, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of defense. But, yeah, he, he's got that ability. Um, he can, you know, beat guys off the bounce. He, he can muscle guys underneath with his, with his girth and his size. Um, he's – He's going to be a good player for us, for sure. You talk about perfect fit, and Landers Nolly seems to be just that. As uh, we, we heard from some little birdies who were at Open Gym that Jeremiah Davenport was talking about, hey, uh, this is what we've been missing right here, as you know, Landers Nolly was taking it to Jeremiah Davenport. Well, I'm excited about all three of our transfers, right? But he uh, – he, 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 may, you know, he, he gives you a little different feeling. You know, he can really, really score the ball. Um, he, he's blended really, really well with our guys as well. Um, you know, uh, he, he's dynamic. You know, I, I guess that's the best word I can kind of use for him. Um, like he can score, you know, well, really from anywhere on the court. He can post up smaller defenders. He can come off screens. He can come off off ball screen in action, which is really important in, in an area where we'll, we'll, you know, we'll utilize that skill set. Um, he can really, really pass the ball. Um, and I don't want to give too much more of a scouting report, but I, I will say, you know, Bearcat fans are going to really enjoy watching him play. No hard feelings with him coming in from Memphis then? None at all. <laughs> None at all. Open, like, welcome with open arms. I'm proud of you. <laughs> what was his scout like, though, when you guys were – we're going up against Memphis the couple times you played in this year. What was he right. uh, top of the top of the game plan type guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they they were a really really talented team. I think everybody knows that, and like he was at the top of the report. Um, but I, I'll give you this short story, and I'm not going to name names, so don't, do not make me say names. But somebody on our bench, you know, got him going at Fifth Third Arena. And like Landers, like he's a confident dude now. And he, and he turned to our guy on the bench and he started talking to our guy on the bench. He was like, you are messed up now. Like you got me going. And I'll, I remember yelling down to him, don't say another word. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, so, uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys that can get really, really hot. Um, I think uh, our team will obviously feel his impact from day one of him being able to, you know, get on that court. And I know the fans will feel it as well. And then uh, Big Shot Rob, I am an Indiana University alum, okay. although I, I believe red and black, Bearcat through and through. One of those, uh, I'm here at IU, but I'm wearing a Cincinnati jersey to the game type thing. Uh, kind of talk about Big Shot Rob. Uh, defense on the perimeter, obviously a lot of experience uh, playing, you know, in, in the Big Ten. Kind of what, obviously also the connection to, to Mike Roberts. What yeah. was uh, 
what are we seeing out of out of Big Shot Rob other than uh, his his physique and kind of going in and dominating the monster factory? Well, <laughs> it's funny. We just left a meeting, and uh, Coach Robert, she's hilarious, by the way. Coach Robert said uh, he's a machine. <laughs> I, I don't know of a better word to describe Rob than he, he really is a machine. Like, he's he's just efficient. Like, he's just going to do what he needs to do, get it done, and he's going to do it over and over and over again. And so, um, you know, he's obviously a veteran point guard. Um, you know, he, he brings stability to that position. He, along with Mike Adams-Woods, I think that position is, you know, as good as anybody, you know, in the American Conference. And so, um, when you talk about him, everybody talks about his defense and his ability to impact the game from that standpoint, which is phenomenal. And I, I'd say probably even like a superpower of his uh, on the court, but he's really good on the offensive end as well. And he'll give us a lot of punch there. Um, he's capable of making big shots. He's capable of setting guys up, uh, making guys look better. And, uh, you know, he, he's a great blend for what we needed. Um, what coach is about in terms of toughness, grit, attitude. And so, uh, again, you know, they're all great fits, but Rob is, you know, the fit for Coach Miller and what Cincinnati basketball is going to be about moving forward. Now you've got a pretty good blend of players that are returning. you got veterans in DeJulius and Jeremiah Davenport, John Newman, Mike Adams-Woods, Odio Guama, Jarrett Hensley, Victor Lockett. I mean, a lot of these guys have been around for a long time. Uh, but what were some of the focuses you had these guys working on in the offseason? Yeah, in, in the offseason, it's about improving your skill set. You know, you, like in, in the program, everybody's job is to grow. Like, and so we we don't want to put a cap on, you know, uh, what your growth is or what you think your growth is. You know, coach is really, really open-minded in terms of letting guys kind of, you know, um, choose areas that they want to grow in and, you know, he'll kind of chime in and give his input, which obviously really, really matters. Um, and so it's, it, it makes for a perfect blend and a, a great relationship between player and coach so that, you know, guys can feel good about their growth, um, but also at the same time understand that, you know, while I want to grow in this area, this is what the head coach needs me to do. And so I've also got to, you know, concentrate at this area as well to make sure I'm growing here, you know, so. That's been kind of, I guess, the focus. I guess is, you know. uh, is one of Hensley's biggest focuses, you know, outside of other things, you can just sit him down and say, do that one thing you did at SMU, just do that over and over again. Is that kind of what you got? Oh, well, no doubt. Man, any, anytime you can go, you know, poster somebody, come on now. Hey. <laughs> no, he, he's dynamic too, and he's young. He, he's really, really young. He's got such a bright future in front of him. Um, you know, he, he's kind of grown in terms of his ability to make shots from the perimeter. He's done that more consistently now. Um, and he's showing more flashes of being, you know, that athletic guy at the rim that you're kind of talking about. So he's another guy I'm, I'm really excited about his future. How excited are you right now for the amount of pressure that's going to be taken off of David DeJulius with the addition of a Landers Nolly, with the addition of a Daniel Skillings? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily pressure. You know, great players want help. You know, and so I don't I don't know how much pressure Dave necessarily felt last year, but I know he he likes those guys and he knows they provide help. And so, you know, that automatically makes our team better. You know, they're guys that, you know, he's continuing to find trust with on the floor every single day. And, you know, you talk about chemistry blend. You know, I think we've got a really special, special group that can kind of blend together and continue to do some 
hopefully some special things moving forward. Uh, so you told us 45 minutes. I mean, coach, it, it seems like we're kind of we're flowing a little bit here. Are we, we, we need to wrap things up. You got a uh, dinner waiting at home or, or what are you feeling? We could, we could kind of chop it up real quick or go, go a little bit further. Guys, you know how many missed calls I've gotten? I'll be honest. I've gotten at least 15 missed calls, and it gives me anxiety. So as much as I would love to to chop it up with you guys, this has been awesome. You know, I got to make sure the the Bearcats are getting better on the the front, not going to (laughs) lie. Amen. That's what I was was thinking the answer was going to be. Just had to brace myself for it. So, so, hey, Coach, this was awesome. we could probably go another hour and a half, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let you slide right now. Uh, so, we, hey. We certainly appreciate the time, definitely during the busy time of the year for you. No, well, Brent, Aaron, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I hope Chad has his toes in the sand right now and is enjoying his vacation. And uh, hopefully I can get back on this deal here soon. I Thank you say, very much, Coach. He probably is. All right, Coach. Well, hey, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. You can go ahead and yeah, we go. Well, we're good. Forty-five minutes, right on the dot. How about yes, that? Yes, sir. Gosh, fifteen missed calls. I'd be, I'd be kind of you know pooing my pants a little bit too. I'll, I'd be completely honest. Especially during the recruiting season, like there's no time off, right? No, not at all, not at all. And you know, we kind of were able to get everything in in a very <laughs> compact forty-five minutes as well. I don't. I think there's not too much outside of. Uh, you know, miscellaneous here and there, but no, I thought that. I mean, was we could have dug. We certainly could have dug deeper on on some details and what have you, but yeah, yeah, obviously being respectful of time, and he gave us, you know, the forty five versus, you know, anything less than that or whatever. So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly happy with the way that went. No, yeah, it was hilarious. And and one story I I was gonna bring up during the time, but we obviously ran out of time. Was you know kind of the fact how how West has really branched out to the former players from the program and, and Aaron, you and I have a funny story. I think we've mentioned it on a previous BBP, but it was the, uh, the game against Tulsa, the college game day game, which mm-hmm. obviously if, if you listeners were one of the thousands and thousands that attended college game day, you would know that the place was just filled with people, uh, all walks of people all throughout campus. And uh, Aaron, you and I, after the, the game day festivities, I, I believe kickoff was, was 3.30, right? So there's kind right. of just that, that time in between. And we were kind of just roaming the grid, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, there's there's big Ruben Patterson just yep. uh, kind of standing on the outskirts, you know, kind of just on his phone a little bit, chatting well, he was, here and there. Yeah, he was right near that, like, turnabout or, or near, like, that stage they have set up with the TV on it by the yeah. grid. Yeah. Right, right. And and we kind of just, just approached him, you know, just kind of – chopped it up with him a bit and uh you know said like hey you know he's loving being back he's loving the scene this that and the other but he wasn't wearing uc gear no he wasn't he was he's wearing a nice polo sweatshirt you know with the with the, with a bear wearing the polo on the sweatshirt honestly i'd i'd like i'd like one for myself that's a pretty cool sweatshirt but like you said it's 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 not uc gear oh gosh <laughs> wow wow aaron i told you nine o'clock uh, yep we're on our way to dinner. You missed you missed coach by two and a half minutes. No, I didn't. I watched the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to come in and, and, and say hi to him, but well, I mean, driving through LA takes time. It does. 
That's true. And Where is that? I'm in a really there? nice rental car that I don't want to wreck. So right. right. I just stopped in to say hi, see how everything was going. It's going great. Going great. What'd you think of, of, of Coach Morgan? Obviously the man. He's awesome. I love I love Dre. And he's uh as genuine and nice a dude as he as he comes across uh in interviews like that. And uh when when Coach Miller says rising star, like like he's the lead on Isaiah Collier. He's the lead on Arrington Page. Like, I tried to hint, hint, clue, clue that a little bit with. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's if he locks up some of the stuff that he's working on right now, to call him a rising star would be an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a. As you can tell, oh, oh, wow! Thank you, Sam. My uh, concierge is. Uh, handing out directions where's well where's dinner how about that uh we're going to a cajun restaurant oh uh to get kelsey some crawfish crawfish baby <laughs> crawfish double order turn right on she, but she she's acting like she doesn't want crawfish instead she wants mongolian barbecue and you're going to get the crawfish. It's going to be So you get there and she eats a pound of crawfish. Right. Well, and then we just drove past Fat Burger, which uh, it was hard not to pull into the Fat Burger parking lot. Not not sure what a Fat Burger is, but it sounds pretty tasty. I don't know. It looks like we're losing Chad. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard it was a good day by Ice Cube? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We have. Let, I'm My guessing you mentioned Fat Burger. You're on the internet. Yeah. That's, that's robotic. Yeah. You must be driving through some some uh, oh. some movie shoot or something. All right. Well. Okay. We'll we'll call in later if you'd like. <laughs> Bye. I, bye. Oh, 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 oh. I don't. Do, do we get you back? No. Oh, oh, he's back. All right. See you All later. Right. Bye, Chad. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic, Chad. Just Unreal. One before he he threw out a <laughs> Siri. Anyway, <laughs> we did forget a uh, a quick um, timestamp though. We did well. Let's go ahead and put that in here as uh, Andre Morgan, Coach Andre Morgan, was here. Oh. Well, uh, this timestamp is brought to you by Urban Artifact. You can head to their, uh, you can head to their location where there's the reliquary, and uh, you can head up there and you can host events there, and you can enjoy all the tasty fruit tarts. And uh, seltzers that they offer. Aaron, which one are you doing? Uh, I have the Urban Artifact Peaches and Cream okay. Nitro Fruit Tart. The Nitro Fruit Tart. Mm -hmm. I am. Uh, I'm rocking a bit of a a key lime salsa fruit tart with uh, sea salt, serrano pepper, green onion, and uh, black peppercorn. Hmm. Sounds like a meal. But uh, yeah. Urban Artifact, hit up 
Urban Artifact mentioned Bearcat Journal. Oh, and yeah, head on over there. Enjoy the uh, tasty fruit tarts. And you get a, what is it, $2 off a of flight, I believe. Oh, wow. This one is funky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Different, huh? It's, you have the, the spicy key lime. Yeah. It's a bit of a party in the mouth, I tell you what. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Urban Artifact. But, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of just wrapping up the uh, the story that we were telling before uh, Sir Chad was, wanted to let us know. I Cajun restaurant. He didn't tell us which, which one, but hopefully it's good. Hopefully the crawfish tastes good. Um, but aside from that, yeah, it, it was Ruben Patterson in a polo sweatshirt. Aaron mentioned how he, he needs to get some UC gear. And his response was, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find everybody. Aaron, he, he was on campus. Hadn't been there since he was last there, I believe, is what he was saying. And yeah. literally couldn't contact anyone. The service was spotty. And he, uh, he was like, yeah, DeMar's not answering. I'm trying to hit up all these people, this, that, and the other. So, Aaron, what did we do? He walked Ruben Patterson around campus trying to help find Dermar, trying to help find somebody, anybody that could help put him where he needed to be because the poor guy had no idea what anything was anymore, where anything was anymore. He, he hadn't been on campus since, what, the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. And, of course, sure enough, there he was, Coach Andre Morgan. We flagged down Coach. Hand off Ruben and uh, the rest is history. Um, it's kind of funny just hearing that story and recollecting that with him uh, and before the pod. I wanted to ask about it during the pod because obviously it's it's seems like it's a pretty important part of Coach Miller's philosophy is getting the past players on campus, getting them around the program. And we've heard all about all the former players coming back and, and playing in the open gyms and and being on campus for, you know, games and, and whatnot. So I imagine that'll be something that continues to build. And uh, obviously when you see you have people like Coach Morgan and, you know, Chris Lepore and, and Chad Dollar, Mike Roberts, Wes Miller himself, all these former players are able to come back and, and they're welcomed with open arms, all genuine, nice people. Um, and I just thought – I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Uh <laughs> Jason Cooper with a with a pretty pretty funny comment right there, uh, but anyway, uh, he, he said Ruben didn't know where his classes were when he was actually <laughs> easy easy. Ruben Patterson, the man, but yeah yeah, Coach Coach uh, Morgan remembered that and he said yes, that was a pretty important location was was finding Ruben and, and getting him some UC gear to wear during that game. But man, I I tell you what, the staff put together. You know, Aaron, we, we kind of heard it through Coach Morgan. And I wanted to kind of end it with, a, you know, kind of how everyone's got a little bit of a positive feel heading into next season. But I think that his reactions to some of the questions about Landers Nolly and Kalu and, and the freshmen, I, I think that kind of speaks volumes for, for what the staff kind of feels like they have heading into next year. How can you not be excited about this team, though? I mean, we saw what this team was able to do being put together – on the fly and now they had a full cycle to get some pieces moved around and bring in some guys 
And when you add a guy with the, I mean, with, with the gravitas that a Landers Nolly brings to the table, and you surround that with, you know, a big like Kalu Zikpe, who they obviously have been excited about since he was originally being recruited by UNCG. Uh, you, you bring in a Rob Finnessy, who, if you bring him in and he's able to figure out this system, plus all the freshmen they're bringing in, I mean, how can you not be excited about this team? They have far more talent than what they had last year at this time. Yeah, completely. Did you see the highlights from Smith League with Kalu? I haven't yet, no. Oh, man. They are uh, – here, let me let me see if I can text them to you real quick and we can, we can throw them up there. I – I don't know. Is is video pretty right. tough with this? Were were they on uh were they on Twitter? In, Instagram. Oh, Instagram? Okay. I can pull up Instagram. Just tell me who I need to look up. Smith League, I believe, would be it. Um, That's it. I believe so. Let me let me see exactly which one it is. I, I mean he, he went out there and put on a show. And I I believe that's kind of exactly what um they were mentioning. Uh kind of the fact that oh wow. And and uh I think I think Ed Mayhaw is talking about the uh, what's up, Ed? By the way, uh, talking about how Corey Blunt was just named uh, the head coach for the Nasty Natty in the TBT. Yeah, I like how Ed puts that out there, even though I've already retweeted it. Good job, Ed. <laughs> but the highlights were on. Oh, it's it's uh, Bowman B O L L M A N N. Hey, you you got to turn that volume down. I took it off before we <laughs> B O L L M A N. Well, I have I have this here as I'm looking through real fast. Yeah, I mean, pretty much he just went out there and they said, Kalu Zipe, welcome to the to the city. And he oh here's uh, oh, there we go. That'd be a nice little uh little Xavier versus Cincinnati, and we did get the mention of that date. Of the tenth of December, I like the date. It's a it's a good time to have the game, kind of earlier in the year, uh, prior to when the conference play begins. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll take that. Hopefully, coming back from a highly successful Maui Invitational, um, and that's obviously going to be another thing to start watching as the games start to come out that are on the schedule for next year. Um, but yeah, man, this team has. A lot of excitement, and Aaron, as as you and Chad were talking about yesterday on the nightcap as well, they are not stopping anytime soon. They've got a lot of hot names that they've been recruiting. I don't know, obviously, kind of what was your takeaway just from what Chad was able to tell you on the recruiting front during the nightcap last night? Well, I mean, you can't ask me a question as you're asking me to find a video. I'm, oh. I'm, st- I'm still back there, man. I'm still looking for... Okay. B-O-L-L-M-A-N. Bowman. Why was it Smith Visuals. B-O-L-L-M-A-N. N. Two N's. Dot Visuals with an S. Yep. You'll see Kalu. You'll see the domination. This is where it's nice to have three people while you're also trying to produce. The little, the little filibuster and- part. And yeah. carry on conversation. <laughs> this is the whole. Uh, this is the whole side of the of the stream yard where it, it's like, okay, there's two of us. Well, ho- hopefully, we'll be able to get everything thrown up there. But yeah, I mean, it's it was just obviously if you can find it and throw it up there, it's a 
it's a highlight package of him just kind of in his bag as as the youngsters say these days as the uh, the loading is coming up but yeah I, I mean you listen to coach Morgan talk about Kalu and he mentions all the different intangibles and abilities that he has that kind of weren't really on the team as far as the big men go last season um, I guess you could kind of say if you group you know Jeremiah Davenport in there as a as a four he kind of you know obviously brought the outside shooting and whatnot I don't expect Kalu to be some you know a bit of a knockdown shooter uh but the video showing up yeah it, it's it's not looking video like but it's uh it's up but yeah i mean if if it doesn't play it's all good we can move on but yeah go go look up bowman.visuals on instagram it's a nice you know one minute video full of it and, and that, there's number four that i was talking about that was playing the lockdown defense um which I mean these these leagues, the Smith League and, and whatnot, not not really necessarily known for the defensive stance, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's the high level talent that this team has on all facets, and I'm I'm excited to see what it has in store. Should be a lot of fun. Should be, should be. Um, but as far as last night, Aaron, you guys kind of touched on it at the nightcap, obviously. And Coach Morgan mentioned it as well, 15 missed calls. Uh, let's hope none of those are too serious of missed calls. But uh, right. kind of the the recruitment really taking the next step. Um, kind of what were some of the names or some of the storylines that you and Chad were able to discuss that really kind of caught your eye as far as, as you know, where the staff was this past week? Um, the fact that, you know, Coach was just – going everywhere that he was going to even even if he was showing up by himself um still not not done with uh xavier's xavier booker's recruitment i mean you're talking about a top five recruit in the country right and i guess you know one of the things chad alluded to and i'm kind of curious as to what your thoughts are uh some people are wondering why when he has, you know, some other offers, obviously, uh, why this team continues to spend money and resources in trying to recruit Xavier Booker um, when they should be, according to some people, spending their money and resources and time in other places. So, I mean, I, I guess the fact that, and Chad brought up the fact that if he's still answering and still being very responsive, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, and I think it's just, more of a a note to the fact that Coach Wes Miller trusts his staff as well. You know, it, he where he can peel off and attend these events all by himself. You know, I think he was he he, he hopped on the plane and, and went solo, as Chad was saying, to go see you know Junior Darian Reed as well. And then that's putting trust in you know in, in Coach Morgan, putting trust in Coach Dollar and Coach Roberts that they're going to continue to pick up the slack while he goes and focuses on on some other things himself. So. As far as it goes for, for Booker, I mean, I the connections were there when, when Mikey Saunders was was on the team. Of course, his dad, obviously, the uh, AU coach of, of Booker. And, and from what Chad has said, that the uh, relationship is still good between Wes and, and the Saunders family. So, you know, that's, that's where connection is built. And as you mentioned, if the top five players continue to answer your calls, 
you're you're not going to stop calling until he stops answering. And with the relentless ability to recruit that we've seen out of this out, out of the staff so far, and the ability to <clears throat> to kind of connect with these players and and with these recruits, I I think it's just you know why not shoot your shot? Why not continuously try and go after it and, and hit the pavement harder than ever, anyone else in the country is? Because it seems like what the staff is doing right now, they're, they're out working. They're, they're trying to do everything they can to not only talk to these recruits, but, but show that they want to be there, show that they're, you know, tr- willing to go the extra mile and, and, and show them their support. I mean, you know, you guys mentioned last night, how the, the entire staff was there to watch Paige and, and Collier, mm-hmm. you know, Call, I believe Collier was, was out with an injury, but, but, but Paige was right. there playing and but yet they were there. The whole staff was there, you know, trying to, to make sure that that, connection is continuing to be built and you know it's just it, that's outworking other staffs and when you have a young and hungry coaching staff like this team has it's it's something that the staff is able to do that some other staffs might not you know they might some other staffs might be a little bit more pick and choose as far as where they want to go and where they want to spend their resources when you have the trust and you have the, the ability to really just grind and non-stop go that's when you see them going after these bigger names and see them kind of branching out and, and hitting all spots. And I mean, Booker is a huge fish. There's no doubt about that, mm-hmm. but he is still answering the phone calls. He is still showing the interest. Uh, so you're not going to then just be like, Oh, well, you know, here's Duke offering. Here's, you know, team, you know, blue blood a and blue blood B coming up in, in line. Well, you know what? The staff, we heard it through coach Morgan as well. The staff views Cincinnati as a blue blood. They, they they view Cincinnati as as historically a a strong tradition, one that deserves to be up there with with the grit and the way that they play and the style that they go after it. And I mean, so why not stop? Just just keep going. Well, there, there's no reason to stop. How can you not be excited about the type of swings that the staff is taking? I mean, literally, right. every guy that they're connected to right now is a big swing. I, I feel like there's not a guy who's not in the top what two two fifty right. at this point that they're they're trying to get, and it may not even be that far down the line. Like I, I don't know, I don't have the list of all the guys that they've offered at this point, obviously. Um, but it feels like every single guy they're connected to is a, a big swing, and we're not accustomed to that. You know, Mick didn't seem to be taking big swings with every guy that he was recruiting, right? And the previous regime, I feel like. Don't really even want to get into. It was very short lived. Um, so I don't. I, it's. I feel just exhilarated by the the type of swings that they're taking at this point. Yeah, and and of course, you know, you mentioned all the other, you know, where where there's some players that have this connection to Cincinnati, and they they want to be involved. They want to have you know follow this this movement that the team has really been on and. I mean, it's obvious, and you you hear it through Coach Morgan. I keep on mentioning it. You hear it through Wes, and you hear it through all the all the, the whole staff and the players. And I, it really does feel like something special is happening, and it really does feel like the staff is willing to do use every single resource they can to make sure it doesn't slow down anytime soon. So, I I mean, with all the names that have been thrown out there, obviously they're floating around the board as well. You can go back and listen to the nightcap from last night but it's going to just continue to be talked about there's a lot of 
forward momentum and positive, positive feels around the program. And uh, I mean, this is the time to to hop on because it's really, really starting to connect. And you know, as as you, some some coaches might be able to sit down on a podcast and go for an hour and a half sure. during during recruitment time, but no, fifteen missed calls, buzzing, rising star, Coach Andre Morgan. Um, no, it's going to be exciting, especially because you know as as twenty twenty three continues to wear on twenty twenty four. Some names are coming out as well. And uh, BCJ, we've got all of it covered. And there's some exciting, and as you mentioned, highly rated players, highly ranked players as far as on the recruiting front that are garnering attention and, and receiving offers. And it seems as if, you know, they don't just blindly throw offers around. If no, I'm there, then I, they're going for it. How many of these guys have Cincinnati been on top of before they even got the bump in their right. recruitment? Right. right. Like, it's fascinating at this point. No, it is. And I mean, I'm just excited to see kind of how the dominoes start to fall because I, I don't think any of them are falling anytime soon. Obviously that would be a, a, a Chad thing to fill in, but just from what I can, can sense, but I, it just seems as if they're kind of building up this, this feeling and this, you know, momentum themselves and, and the staff's not slowing down anytime soon. So I'm, I'm well, excited to see what the next step is. And if you listen to anything from last night, um, we did go in depth about um, some of the uh, recruiting moves that had been made over the weekend um, without getting back into it with all the details again, um, as we talked 20 minutes about last night on the uh, on the nightcap. Um, Chad is staying connected. He is not really able to fully disconnect himself, even while on vacation. So he has been on the phones. I don't know how much he was on the phones today. But um, he is certainly making sure to continue to push out content. While he may not be able available every night this week, um, he is he is definitely still going to uh, fill people in as much as he can while on the other side of the country. Yep. Yeah, we mentioned what Darion Reed. Um, I think another name you guys touched on. Perry. Yep, Tyler Perry. No, not Tyler. Sorry, Travis. Not Tyler. Perry. <laughs> not not Tyler Perry of. Not Medea. Yeah, not not our good friend Medea, but uh, Travis Perry, obviously. You know, Chad mentioned him from Kentucky. Um, just you know, a, a handful of names that continue to really crop up and and be kind of excited. You know, Meyer was another name, I believe. He was the uh, decommit from uh, Western Kentucky. So, you know, it, hey, this the staff is relentless, man. And when you have a monster factory and you have the older experienced players that want to go out there and, and want to compete and want to get better allows the staff to go out and, you know, grow the, the future. And I mean, the movement, you see the highlights, you see mm-hmm. all the, all the social media posts. It's, it's happening. It is well, absolutely happening. How fun was that today with the little surprise of, Oh, here's an entire video package on John Newman. And I right. imagine they're going to go through and do one for, at least each of the guys returning, if not each of the guys in general. So yeah. that should be that should be a fun little series mm-hmm. because yeah, I think they, they've done a couple, but yeah, I, I like like it's it's what I mentioned on like every BVP is like you know you you touch on this incoming player, that incoming player, and then you're like, oh, but but John Newman has a whole off season of development, whole off season to get fully healthy. Oh, and you you mentioned Jarrett Hensley, you mentioned. Jeremiah Davenport, you mentioned Victor. It just, it is a list that just continues to go. And that was going to be another thing I asked Coach Morgan was, 
you know, when you take a step back and you look at the roster, it's it's a good thing. It's it's a good problem to have is having all these highly talented players and not figuring out how to use all of them to their best abilities. So it's uh it's gonna be an exciting thing to continue to track. I agree, and I think that is where we'll go ahead and timestamp the around the rim segment. Around the rim, I like it. Yeah. Uh, do we do we maybe a timestamp? Uh, Urban artifact, extremely tasty. <laughs> that's that's your read. <laughs> we I don't have a read, but I thought I thought you had the I thought you had the reads. No, Urban oh. artifact. Urban artifact. Get down there in Northside. Yeah, tell 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 them where to go. You're you're the guy that's been living in Cincy more recently than me. Uh, you you go to your app, whatever driving app that you use, and oh. type in Urban, and it should pop up if you're in the Cincinnati area. Like I said, it's at Northside, about uh, I don't know what seven ten minutes from campus, if that. Um, Man. This I can is, only imagine what that one is, man. It's, it's, it is a doggone party, man. Party <laughs> of the night. Fruit, spice, green onion, serrano pepper. Mm. Good, good, good. Very good. Well, That's mild. <laughs> another thing you guys touched on, obviously, last night was uh, the football recruiting. Uh, Malik LZ, obviously, is, is, is the hot name. Jalen Thompson as well. Special visits are down and done. Um, LZ, I don't think he's mentioned if he's set up another visit yet or not. Quick, quick look on the uh, Twitter.com. Twitter. LZ. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the momentum that the staff is able to build on the, I mean, obviously, a, a, a Houston offer might be hopefully a little bit too late, but uh, yeah, I mean, he just has official visit Cincinnati. That's the last kind of kind of the last thing he posted, and of course, obviously, all the commitments recently for uh, for the uh, class. Obviously, posting at him with that join the family, Malik, uh, different things of that sort. I'm I'm not seeing a post at all about him going on another visit. Obviously, Mick and crew will be all over that as it comes to. Uh, seeing if he's going to decide to take another visit or if he's going to continue to mull over things. But, um, you know, Aaron, it's uh, yet another week, yet another successful visits. Um, well, what did you think about Jalen Thompson missing his flight to Penn State? Uh, you know, so, sometimes uh, things are like a blessing in disguise, right? Is is that what we're going to call this or or – I mean, I, mean, I don't know what to think. Take of it for what it is, but I, I, how would you feel if you were the school and a guy misses his flight? You know, I, I, I would begin to question everything because I, although I am an optimist, I'm quite the warrior wart as well. So I would be, uh, I'd be, very, I'd be freaking out if I was sitting up there in, in state college trying to figure out, okay, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's going on? What's it's, going on? just seems seems strange and i don't know that if you're in the recruiting process a that that's a good look or b if that's even the truth so we'll see we'll see what happens um obviously you know again if you wanted to find out all that happened this weekend with recruiting um 
rather than write a write a one of the articles because Chad's on vacation, he actually gave it all for free this one time on the nightcap. Um, but there was a ton of recruiting information given in that twenty minutes. Yep, and and obviously we, you know, it it does feel like it's been it's been a little while since a uh, commitment, which is which is quite sad. But I mean, yeah, the last cookies that we had were were false alarm cookies, so. Yes, and uh, they ended up being some cookies that were never baked or eaten. Uh, but either way. I think uh, those were the last ones. Yeah, well, Snowden with the commitment okay. as well. But, uh, you know, I, LZ, obviously, we mentioned him. And then uh, uh, Brown, obviously, is the came off his visit to Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems as if it's a, you know, where he didn't walk away from that with a commitment. You guys kind of touched on that last night on the, mm-hmm. um, on the recap, recap as well. But yeah, you, you know, you mentioned it as, as Jalen Thompson is another Michigan connection there. Right. An- another thing where it's like, okay, is he starting to really feel this push that the squad is saying, you know, is it, is it kind of, I don't know. The, the whole thing is, is strange because, these are th- yet again four more. If you you know toss in uh, um, Matthews, who Jermaine, I I believe he still has his commitment date set for the July fourth. I don't know if he's changed that, but nope, not yet. The staff has has filled a lot of holes already, so sure, kind of really take a step back and and focus on the priority recruits and really put all efforts into those. So um, I believe in the upcoming you know, weeks, we'll be able to kind of see where those chips fall. And um, as you guys mentioned last night, as things are chugging along here on the basketball side, they are not slowing down anytime soon on the football side as well. No. And I mean, this school still has the, I think still has number three ranking, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they've been jumped as everything on my computer is currently running slow for any type of fresh. <laughs> yeah, well, you were a little tiny slow, but it's it, it's all good. They're actually sitting twenty twenty three. They they've moved down to looks like oh number number two according to uh, the two four seven, but composite looks like it's seventh right now. So there it is. Yep, drop seven. That long for my refresh. I don't know what's happening with my internet. If I had the opportunity to hop off here and reset it, I would. But right, that's where we are. I mean, I if if you needed me to, I could filibuster. But uh, we're, we're all right. I think we're chugging along here. Um, aside from that, I think those are kind of all the names that we have really come close eye on. I don't. I don't think there's too much else. Um, Did you see uh, Brady's top chains and and offense defensive line? Uh, yes. Yes. Did you see that that tweet? Can Can you bring that up at all, or is it? Uh... We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes. <laughs> As it no might promises be. right now. Right. Right. Um, but were there any names that stood out to you in uh, either of those? Well, first off, great to see uh, your boy JQ up there. Um, I agree. And... That one stood out to me as well. Exactly. And then, aside from that, uh, I would say Dartani and Tinsley. Uh, right. He was a player that, if you listen to the last 
uh, BBP with, you know, Brady and his beautiful mustache, which I received quite the uh, haymaker from on the BCJ pod. But um, that's a different story for a different time. Um, Tinsley was a player that was kind of mentioned by Brady and someone that he kind of mentioned was was showing some promise and showing some things aside from his you know freakish length and, and freakish physical attributes as kind of making the steps needed to progress and, and, and become a force on the offense line. And when he's leading these, these contests, if you will, it just shows the brute strength that he has and the ability to, uh, I know Jason, I know. And, and the ability to <laughs> kind, of, kind of put it all together on the field and, and play without thinking, you know, we, we heard Darian Beavers is, is, is another player that transfer that came in and Marcus Freeman talked about how he's just, he's out there just thinking all the time. He needs to start playing without thinking. And uh, I, maybe D'Artagnan's figuring that out a little faster than the other transfers of the past have. And we saw Nick Mardner make another move on the list as well. You know, once these transfers come in and they show what they can do with the step up. I mean, I, I see Tinsley as, with his length, his ability, I mean, he's got every sign of someone that could help out, you know, on the interior of the offensive line or just kind of just that that swing position. And, yeah, his name definitely popped off to me. Uh, what about you? I can't believe that anyone beat Juwan Briggs. And like you said, I mean, Brady talked about how much D'Artagnan Tinsley has been impressive in the weight room. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Maybe right. this will continue to be a thing. I look at the disparity between 929 and 885 and i feel like maybe that's a pretty big jump for right. all considering i mean when you look at guys at four and six sitting right around that 800 number at 805 805 and 804 um no one coming near 900 uh, other than juan briggs so maybe again maybe it's an anomaly uh or maybe this is going to become a normal thing you got thirteen intensely you got jake renfro and you have Gavin Gerhardt was top six, and we talked about it on one of the nightcaps in the past week. I'm not even sure what day at the point. Um, but we talked about you, know, you could easily return all five offensive linemen next year, mm-hmm. as you have five returning offensive linemen, um, with uh, Mets filling in for Dylan O'Quinn. Or you could revamp the entire offensive line as comes, you know, they weren't his guys. It wasn't his his team last year so maybe this is a sign of things to come if you did you know swing Jake Rodgers one of those guard positions and you let Gavin Gerhardt take over at the center position now that he's got some time under his belt he looked good in the spring as he took an awful lot of snaps at the center there uh, maybe that's something that we continue to see going forward uh, it'll be real interesting to see what happens then at uh, Camp Pyro as for the top top chain speeds like like you said I mean Seeing some of these new names pop up for, I mean, we've seen the speed guys, but like with the hills and different things, there's definitely some new names here with a believer, with a Sammy Anderson, with a Ty Van Fossen, with a Nick Marner, Chuck getting back in, in there, uh, JQ. You know, this is, it's good to see some different names popping off. And, you know, I think it's nothing but a sign of guys putting in some work and potentially what. Even Miles Montgomery, I mean, we've talked about how he's the all-around guy as far as maybe the most versatile back in the crew outside of right. whatever Corey Kyer might bring, be bringing to the table. 
Um, so it'll be real interesting to see how this all goes. I agree. I agree completely. Um, <laughs> because you were kind of, I don't know if it's my connection or yours, but you were, you were flowing in and out. But from what I heard, my man, yes, it's uh, all signs pointing to you know, kind of the iron sharpens iron thing. And we hear, you know, all the, the players that were drafted into the NFL mentioned this iron sharp sharpens iron, you know, sauce mentions it going up against Garrett Wilson every day in practice. You know, I, you, you heard Des mention it, Alec Pierce mentioned it. It's, it's something that continues to go in the program currently as well. And it's, it's, you know, if, if Brady's going to post the winners and the leaders of these stats and these competitions, people are going to want to be first. They're, they're going to want to do what they can to show up on there to, you know, may, maybe some players have different goals. Maybe their, their goal is just to, you know, come in there at a certain number. And if that's the certain number, then they're able to be out there maybe eighth or, or, or ninth or something. You know, you, you mentioned the top chain speeds and, and, you know, there's Will Huber again at 12. And, you know, that was another player that, that Brady mentioned last week was just, you know, someone that he was proud to see putting in the effort, you know, who would have thought that a couple of years ago. So, you know, all things considered, these competitions, these iron sharpens iron every single week, it all just adds up. And it's it's a, a fight to get better and a fight to grow as a team. So and that only intensify a week from Friday as well when when squat fest rolls around. So can't wait. <laughs> I'm gonna actually try and make it. Um, I think I could pull it off. I've got a flight to Florida Friday night. Of course night, you do. Friday night. So it'll be uh you know, go go spend the night in Cincy Thursday night, then wake up, go to that, drive straight into work on Friday, hit the flight Friday night. I think I can pull it off. Brady, if you're listening, we'll we'll uh, we'll see you there. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything else as far as football and recruiting goes. We can open up the small mailbag and kind of wrap this sucker up. Small mailbag indeed. Uh, so much, in fact, that. Uh, normally, when we're producing, while you and Chad are going full bore, Here, uh, I'll I, I'll talk about the urban artifact while you can get things ready. All right, how about that? So this is uh, you're drinking the peaches and cream. Yeah, I have the key lime salsa fruit tart. It is it comes in a bit of a bit of a bigger um, can here. It's uh, it's got some great artwork all around it. Looks like a crab. Holding a serrano pepper and uh, it's, it's fine. It's it's very good. It's a small batch society is the little little thing on there. Um, We're just not going to post the, the banners like we normally do this week. Um, that's that's just where we're at today. Yeah. Um, first question though, out of the mailbag. Um, is Chad delegating another birdie or birdies to take his place at the open gym, or do we have to wait for his return? It's important to note many of us surely have birdie withdrawal. Uh, that said, we're none of us are in Cincinnati currently. Um, so I don't I, – yes, we'll, we'll probably be waiting until next week. Uh, of course, he's going to be sending out feelers and what have you to some of his connections. Um We'll see what we're able to come up with. He's not even going to be able to do all of the nightcaps this week. So people need vacations. Yeah, they do. And he is taking his 
at a perfect timing because not many other places are you allowed to, you know, have these little birdies show up at the open right. gyms and come come out with their full accounts. But I'm sure, obviously, it's it, it, it's a high priority thing when when Chad comes back or when you know someone else is in town or whether we're able to to connect with other birdies that are there on the site. Whatever we're able to relay, we'll be able to fill that in. But I think what Coach Morgan was able to spill about all the newcomers and uh, different things that he's seen in them, I think that's birdie enough, if you will. So, I do want to apologize for any and all of the Andre Morgan questions, um, as we were not able to get to those because we were still answering. We we're still going through our questions. We still had probably an entire page of questions that we had for him, not even including the mailbag questions, but we did our best to try and get to a lot of that stuff. Um, He's, hey, he said 45 minutes. We, we, we did a we good used, job. We used 45 minutes. We did We did a really good job. We didn't really dilly-dally too much. Uh, if Fick lands top, two of his top three remaining targets for either this year or next year's classes, and West lands two of his top three remaining targets for either of the next two years, which would be the most, the more impressive feat, or the bigger haul? Uh, I don't know that Fickle hasn't rec- rec- landed two of his top three targets. Yeah, I, I mean, you never know. Uh, I mean, it's like, like the Malik Hartfords of the world, and and players of that sort, where staff is kind of after him as 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 a key target and whatnot. I sure. Those might be some players that, you know, kind of you didn't you weren't able to to bring in, and if you do add him, then then obviously that's a high high level top target. But still, I, I mean, well, it, one one of the things you have to keep in mind too, right, is that the rankings that you see in the right. recruiting rankings yep. aren't necessarily indicative of how the staff sees these same targets. Well, that as well as like Malik Hartford coming in as the 149th player in the nation mm-hmm. is a lot different than like Isaiah Collier, who is up there as top 10 and some places, you know, I, I, I think you have to say Wes Miller because you would say Isaiah Collier and Xavier Booker, which then would give you two top 10 bona fide five-star prospects. Sure. And that kind of just completely wipes out anything that the football front can bring. So I think as in, in regards to that question itself, it would be if Wes Miller were able to bring in his two top, you know, prospects that he's going after. Cause what? Not only that, but how much of an impact are guys having on a 12 man team as opposed to a 85 man roster? Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting thing to look at because obviously you have targets, you have goals, but I mean Xavier Booker's fourth in the country according to uh, two four seven, and of course there sits Isaiah Collier at ten. I, I that would be like the equivalent of getting probably like the fiftieth player on the football front and then a top twenty player. So. I don't know if, if the staff's necessarily going after that or exactly what it's looking like, but hey, not a not a bad problem to have when you're hitting on all cylinders football recruiting and you're you're getting the guys that you think fit the most, and then on the basketball side, you're going after high high level recruits and you're still in the mix. And it's 
getting to the point where these players are really starting to consider Cincinnati at a high level. Curious to get Brenton Aaron's thoughts on the Louisville recruiting weekend with big flashy cars and jets. I understand it's not directly UC related, but it does potentially have an effect on what we do in recruiting. Um, what do you think first, Aaron? I think that, I don't know. I think I just really enjoy the way that this staff handles recruiting because they don't pull like gimmicky shit, right? Like, they're not out here trying to woo and wow you with like, here's a fancy car. Like, I mean, I, I, maybe they did like the one photo shoot on the field with a sports car that I can remember here in the last like six months, but I feel like they tried that once and that was about it. They didn't do that for like the big weekend that we had last weekend. They didn't do that for the big weekend that they had for the official visits two weekends ago. Like, that's not something that they've continued to dabble in, if you will. Uh, they don't do anything weird like LSU did with Brian Kelly and the dancing or whatever that was. Right. Like, I feel like they're here. They're going to show you campus. They're going to show you what they have to offer. They're not going to really bullshit you, and they're just going to tell you how it is and how the family is here. And yeah. that's what they try and sell you on. Right. No, I, and and you know you know what it, as you scroll through those on on Twitter and, and I'm looking at state of Lou is uh, the Twitter account that uh, was kind of you know it was, it was re- retweeted by Matt Jones of uh, Kentucky Sports Radio and and it does give a you know them eating dinner in front of these these private jets and the really nice cars this that and the other. How often are the kids getting on private jets? So like, especially in Cincinnati where they the Head basketball coach and the head football coach just got granted access to private jets. What the what would even be the point of being like, hey, look at these jets that we can have you eat dinner in front of? Wouldn't make sense here. No, I agree. I agree. And 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 you know, it, if you, I, I believe, if you spoke with a recruit and that was really important to him, I believe the staff would do all it take, you know, all it would take to to give them and show them exactly what they're wanting. You know, if, if they had a recruit on campus and he loves, just absolutely loves a, a Bentley, I'm sure all resources will be put out to try and get a Bentley on the field. You know, I disagree. I, well, I, I don't know. I think it, it's, it's about the connection, obviously, that they've been able to. Build. I think it's about a fit for what the, what the kid would actually be able to fit right. with, with the existing team. And I don't think those are the type of guys that fit here right now like this this team feels still more blue collar than yeah. white collar i feel like that's far more white collar than anything this recruiting staff has done right no i agree i i think that they do a good job at you know kind of really just showing what that brotherhood is and we you know we mentioned that a lot yeah. and everything of that sort but i mean they've they've done some bells and whistles in the past and, sure you know but again I, I bring up the last two weekends which have been arguably the biggest recruiting weekends that they've had ever. Right. Then I don't, we didn't hear about anything like this. Oh, we didn't, we didn't Luke see built this, a yeah. barn and, and we have top golf. Right. <laughs> well, and then of course, yeah. I mean, going to that nice barn and, and things like that, I'm sure that's, that's got a cool feel to it, you know, sure. some, something that, that they love to see, but yeah, I, I mean, the thing is you could probably set up this, this as well. You know, I think 
the the all the staff put together has probably the connections to do it if they wanted to. But yeah, no, I I guess I do agree with what you're saying. Kind of just how the uh, fit is kind of more important to the staff, and then kind of just you know showing how much they're together. You know, one thing you don't see in those pictures, Aaron, is you don't see you know ten current Louisville players joining them in the pictures. You know, I mean, sure there might be some, but you know, you don't see the whole team in that little you know area where they're taking pictures with the Jets and whatnot. Well, and what do we know about the kids that come to visit Cincinnati? They have a host and they get along with those and all the hosts right now are competing to see who they can make the next Bearcat. Yeah. So this just seems a very strange thing to me. I hope this isn't the route that the staff decides to take because sure, you landed the number one overall running back. Right. But if he's a diva like that to where you have to be around fancy cars and flashy planes and all that. What's going to happen when you tell him that he needs to do push-ups? What's going to happen when you need when you tell him that he needs to be in the weight room at five a.m. like yeah. or change his diet? Like I guess that's where I don't see the fit currently as things as things currently exist in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't seem to gel. Right. No, I I definitely see that side of it. Um, and I, it, yes, but it, it's also a, a time where the the rise of social media and whatnot. I, I mean, shoot, yeah. I, I'm not someone to take a picture next to cool cars and whatnot. But I, I mean, you see, it's a it's a growingly it's it's something that is not really that far fetched for someone, you know, these recruits age to be that way. But you know, it's it's like you said, the staff targets someone that they really feel like is a good fit to the program. Mm-hmm. And when they bring him on campus, they pitch him. Obviously, as we've seen over the last, you know, month, pretty much, they they pitch him as great of a pitch as they can, just showing the the, the growth of a top ten program that they have here. And if you commit, it's because you want to be a part of it. And then if if you don't, then you can head to Louisville and just sit down in a private jet for a little bit and uh, commit there. But no, I. Will it have an effect in the future of recruiting? I don't know. Unless unless they're handing the, the private jets to these kids. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it's got too much of an effect. Um, it's cool for the time being, especially if, if they want to do it. But, yeah, I don't think it's, it's anything to worry about too much. Uh, one of the questions that didn't show up in the mailbag, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on um, – it's my own question, actually. Um, what are your thoughts on the NCAA football game that is slated currently to come out in July of 2023, which I can't wait. Yes, sir. Uh, but they're apparently going to be doling out payments on a tiered system where Ooh. schools will get anywhere from $100,000 to, I believe, just $1,000, uh, depending on whatever the tier system is. I want to know who's deciding that and how that's fair. And why are we doing it just based on schools? Why wouldn't we do it based on if you're a starter, you get X dollars. If you're not a like if you're an upperclassman, you get X dollars. If you're an underclassman, you get X dollars. Like I think it seems strange that they're doing a tier system based on what school you have. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I agree. And 
to me, it's it's kind of the ever evolving thing that is college sports because you know you introduce the the one time transfer rule and the transfer portal and people try and figure it out that first year and all of a sudden it's it's kind of crazy and whatnot and you look at the same thing with NIL right now it's just crazy and a flux. Some people are abusing it. Some people are just you know really not doing it the right way. And I think yet again, it'll trickle down to this as well, where someone will need to come in and eventually be like, hey, uh, thank you for bringing the game back. We all love it. Takes me back to my college days. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but yes, we need to get a little bit more of a structure with this. We can't. Well, you know. It seems to me they're setting themselves up for another class action lawsuit, right? Because just because you went to Ohio State doesn't mean that the game sold more copies than right. somebody who went to Miami, Ohio. Like people are going to buy the game regardless. And who are you to be the arbiter of? Well, you get this amount. Well, you get this. you almost are setting up EA to be in bed with certain teams. Yeah, and- I agree. Um, it it'll be interesting because I, like it's coming out in July 2023, right? They got plenty of time to try and figure it out before those payments. Correct. Well, that's also when Cincinnati is officially in the Big Twelve. But Which, I don't know if they're going to go by conference or if right. they're going to go by top 25 or right. if they're going to go by whatever the case may be. But it just seems odd. It does. That, it that does. you're going to do a tiered system when you've already tried to fight for the kids that you've paid and we're just out here. We're, we're going to make up our own pay structure based on nothing, no, no type of – I don't know if there's any type of metric that they could use to go like garner – well, fans of this fan base bought more EA games than this other fan base. Maybe you can figure that out between now and a year from now. But yeah, no, I agree. It just seems like they're setting themselves up for another class action lawsuit. <laughs> they they're probably heading down that path. Um, but yeah, I, it's just you know maybe it's by a power five, not power five. But yeah, especially with college football, it's not as many teams as college basketball. So they'll probably need to figure something out, especially if they're going to throw out a college basketball game as well. Another instantly March Madness game. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to see. Um, is, is there any way you can refresh your, your, your screen? You're, you're, you're really coming choppy. I can try, um, but I'm, I'll be gone for a second. Okay. That's fine. I'll okay. kill a buster. NCAA football, man. I tell you what, guys. I used to be really good at it. But NCAA March Madness, I brought it up because I was not number one, not number two, but I was number three in the world. Sure, it was a little bit further back on the NCAA March Madness pool. It was like four games before, but I was online gaming, hooping, a little Cincinnati. Ooh, we were good. Hopefully we get Aaron back soon. But, yeah, I mean, NCAA football, it'll be interesting to see how they do structure this, this tier payment system. But all signs are pointing to probably Cincinnati being within that upper echelon group, as Aaron mentioned. Um, sure, we're about to wrap this thing up soon. We'll see if uh, Aaron hops back on in time. But, uh, hey, a fantastic interview with Coach Morgan today. Um, still huge. Thanks to him for coming on. Uh, thanks to him for everything that he was able to bring to the pod. Um Hopefully we're able to continue getting more interviews quite like that where, you know, obviously we have Brady on a lot. 
Wow, uh, we got Coach Morgan. We got, you know, different players. Royer was on for a little bit. Hopefully we can continue that stretch along the way. And, and honestly, if you guys ever have a thought of, like, someone that you would like to have on the pod or you would like to have us on on the BVP, just shout it out. We'll see what uh, what we can do. But Coach Morgan was was solid gold. Let's just put it that way. Um Let's see if I can't bring up another question real fast. As let's see here. Alrighty, home site. Alrighty, let's see here. Jeffrey Court basketball board, the mailbag. Okay. Um, and it was on the. John Brandon lost. I I did not see anything about that, but I saw his uh, his uh, little the uh, camp is going for him. Um, thoughts on recruitment, loves on social media. So I thought about this question, the the AC Mazzara question. Uh, Coach Morgan's thoughts on the role fans play in recruitment. The way that he mentioned how he brought it up to Kalui Zikbe, uh, how he said. Hey, this fan base, they are crazy. He said crazy, but then he filled it in with in a good way. So crazy in a good way makes me feel like staff is actually pretty pumped with how well the fan base is able to connect and really boost and help the recruiting front. If I had to guess on that front, uh, Coach Morgan's favorite thing to do in Cincinnati outside basketball. I could not answer that one, but something tells me it would would be spend time around his family or uh, recruiting. He seemed to be heavy into the recruiting front on that. Um, I think we touched on these. Uh, lots and lots of pizza. Okay. <laughs> Papa John's pizza. All righty. And we go to the banks. All righty. Skins said, assuming we are recasting the immortal classic Silence of the Lambs, who plays what roles, and why is Skins Buffalo Bill, and why does he give Aaron lotion to put on his skin while he is in the well? Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, if you see Silence of the Lambs, that seems like it's a uh, pretty easy conclusion to the fact that that would be what Skins is uh, in regards to with Aaron and the Silence of the Lambs. Um, let me see here. See which uh, which one I think really would be me. I'm not Anthony Hopkins. I don't think I'd be uh, a Hannibal Lecter by any sense of the imaginations. Maybe I'm Clarice. Just the 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 positive, trying to go out and and figure out any way possible to uh, solve these these crazy times. Because um, yeah, um, I, uh, I I am a, an optimist. But I would be a little freaky to go out there, but um, yeah, let's let's roll with that. I'm Clarice, and it's uh, it is something that I would have to do. Um, Aaron just sent me a message saying he had to reset the router, so uh, I'm gonna have to filibuster until he's back, and then we'll probably shut this one down. Um, let's see here. Next question, finish out the mailbag. In honor of Father's Day, who is the greatest dad to ever show up in a TV show and or movie? Oh, man. This is a good one. Um, father figure. 
trying to think of recent shows or movies that I have watched that had a prominent father figure. Walter White, Skins throwing that one out there, staying on the same path of uh, interesting ways to involve Aaron. Um, I guess if he's Aaron Paul, he'd be connection with him and Walter White, but uh, father, greatest dad. Um, man, I should have researched this a little bit before, but I, I can't quite think of one immediately. Dad. Whew. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think of like a, a, a real heart-wrenching one where the closing is like, I love you, Dad. And it really pulls on the heartstrings, but I can't quite grasp one right now. Um, hmm. Yeah. I, oh, how about trying to stick with what, what's hot right now out in the pop culture world? Stranger Things, we will call Hopper. How about that? Hopper is one of the greatest dads on a TV show slash movie. Hopper from Stranger Things. He is Papa. Well, not he's not Papa. He's he's the dad of of Elf. There you go. We'll throw that out there. Um, obviously, there's many, many more. But as it comes to the regular grouping of the of the pop culture right now, it'd be Stranger Things. We'll say Hopper. There we go. Um, but I'm being told that Aaron had reset the router. I'm getting out of there. Oh, oh, okay. And uh, that is it. Well, we're going to wrap it up. That right there was the BBP mailbag. And that was yet again another timestamp brought to you by Urban Artifacts. Shout out to Urban Artifact. Key Lime Salsa Drink is what I am drinking right now. And I am uh, trying to figure out how to stop this. But... Um, it is uh, live. Um, and then Urban Artifact is the drink. And that was the uh, fantastic BVP yet again. Special thank you to Andre Morgan, who is uh, who was a fantastic guest. We're hoping to always have him back on again. And then... Um, Aside from that, a special thank you as well to Danco Transmission and a special thank you to the Urban Artifact for the timestamps. Um, yet again, go to Danco Transmission, get $10 off your next oil change, 10% off your next service, dancotransmission.com. Um, yet again, for my partner, Aaron Smith, for uh, Andre Morgan, special thank you, and for Chad Brendel enjoying himself a little vacation out there on the West Coast. I am Brent Young. It's another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com.